the Across the Pod NFL podcast. We are back for another season preview. Back again for the second year in a row, we've got our Pittsburgh Steelers season preview. And with me, got two returning guests. We've heard of the two Ronnies. We've got the two Freddy today. How are you both? I'm doing all good, thank you. Uh, I I actually I'm, I'm even more impressed because Freddie's got his actual name on his tag say Frederick, which is actually my real name as well. I'm a Frederick as well. We're not just two token Freddies, we're two token Fredericks. So we've gone for we've gone for Freddie when we could have been actually Derek, Rick, Dick, I suppose, but we we stuck to the patron saint of Freddie, I suppose. And it was actually nice to um meet you in person for the first time, Freddie. Uh, what was it, three weeks ago now? at the Jags UK event. So it was nice to um, yeah, finally bump into you face-to-face. Yeah, it was it was a really good event. That was the uh, the Jags UK event, which had loads of stars at, Devin Lloyd, uh, Josh Allen, the edge rusher Josh Allen, not the uh, the quarterback, uh, Kevin Bayard, Gabe Davis. Yeah, it was a really good event with some with some really good NFL UK people there as well. Neil Reynolds did a fantastic job. Um, I was looking to be able to interview Josh Allen as well and that that was really cool um yeah a really good event and it's it's something that just ticks us over for the summer doesn't it because it has been a little bit drab in the NFL world recently and we just need sometimes a little bit of something to spark our our interest again and our passion for the game I agree if I'm honest everyone seemed to love Edith my favorite person was Josh Allen I I don't know why maybe because he's seemed the most I don't know genuine I'm not sure what it was but I did like um, Josh Allen's personality. I thought that he came across quite relatable when he was on the stage. So I, I liked him a lot. So um, yeah, so if I was, wanted Jags to win, it's probably down to him more than probably more than Devin Lloyd or um, Jamal Agnew. But yeah, it was it was good fun. Um, obviously Tony Baselli was there as well. Of course, um, the only one who wasn't a current player. Um, yeah, I thought they were they were all really nice. Um, but yeah, let's begin. So Pittsburgh Steelers, the main ins and outs this off season and. As I just mentioned, this podcast will be is being recorded early July. It's probably not released until late July. So disclaimer, things might change in this in this time. So apologies if you know you listen to this podcast and when this comes out, someone's left or someone's come in that we weren't expecting. But as time of recording is, the main outs include Devin Bush, Miles Jack, Cameron Sutton, Akella Witherspoon, and Terrell Edmonds. And then the main ins include Alan Robinson. Breeden for Hoko, Marcus Golden, Alandon Roberts, and Keanu Neal. And then the draft, Broderick Jones, defensive tackle, was taken 14th overall. Uh, cornerback Joey Porter was taken 32nd overall, um, following his dad's footsteps. Keanu Benton, nose tackle, 29th overall. Um, actually, I think I got that wrong number wise. But then Darnell Washington was taken 93rd overall, tight end. So as a whole, how have you boys found your off-season? Uh, Freddie Harper-Davis, we'll go to you first. Your take on the on the Steelers off-season? Um, pretty positive, if I'm being honest. Um, it's the first first off-season for um, our GMO, Mark Khan, to do his thing. And I think he has done his thing. Um, we've gone in a slightly different direction to what we had done under Kevin Colbert, where we've been a bit more aggressive um, and brought in quite a few new players Um we finally beefed up the offensive line, which has taken three or four years to actually invest in. Um, and to be honest, I'm I'm quite optimistic about this season. I think the schedule for the AFC North, apart from playing each other, is fairly nice. Um, and I think all four teams are going to be very competitive and probably have winning records. I would not be surprised if all four are, are good teams, um, depending on whether the Browns actually bother to have a good season for once. But um, 
yeah, I, I'm pretty confident in our in our season, in our off season. I'm happy with our additions. Not worried about anyone who's particularly left or or gone. Oh dear, what an absolute shame. We're we're far worse off for it. We've got our best players are still there. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 pretty optimistic, really. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously the highlight one probably is Joe Porter pick because of who his dad is and the fact that they basically um, it was more, probably more. Obviously, mostly is sort of a, a football-based decision, but I think there was obviously a bit of sentiment involved in that pick, and I think that um, someone that you know, I'm sure we had in our in our mock draft. I can't remember who we if we had him in our first round. I think we did, um, and if so, then obviously to get him in the end of the first round, or sorry, the start of the second round, um, with Harris gone this year, thanks to ourselves um, being thirty-second overall pick, being the second day, but. Um, yeah, I think Donald Washington, a tight end, Freddie, um, sorry, Freddie Hall, um, a guy that was was well thought of uh, in the in, in the drafting world. I mean, he was at one point projected as maybe the second or third best tight end at one point during the season last year. Obviously, Michael Mayer and Dalton Kincaid were the ones that ended up going higher. But to get him in the third round, 93rd overall, have him alongside Pat Freemuth, whether that's at the backup or whether that's alongside Freemuth in some formations. Was that a bit of a steal for you to get him get him so late in the draft? I I think our overall draft was a bit of a steal. I think we got some really good players in really key position for us at, at good picks and didn't give up much to go and get some of them players, including uh, Broderick Jones. Listen, the last few years, all I've been crying out about is we need something in the secondary. We need the O-line to be beefed up. I'm happy with either or. Um, I haven't been shy about saying, you know, the year we took Chase Claypool, I thought that was the year we should have taken a quarterback to start to progress out of Big Ben. I thought it should have been Jalen Hurts. And, you know, Jalen Hurts has now gone to the heights with the Philadelphia Eagles, but we never thought he would get to. I, I'm not saying he would have done that with the Steelers, but it was. I thought that was where the transition should have happened there. Last year, I thought that it, it should have been a, a cornerback. Um and you know we took uh, I, I can't remember who we took in the first round. Now I've last, I've last, um, I've last draft. But then we took. Say again, sorry. Was it Najee last year? No. Yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. No, we took yeah. Najee, and then in the in the second round, I thought, well, right, okay, we got Najee Harris. We do need that position. We let's go corner or let's go O line. And then we took Pat Frymuth. And again, uh, Pat's been great for us so far, and I really think he has a really strong future as Steelers, and I think he's a really a great prospect at the tight end position, but really it was it was a luxury pick. It wasn't a pick for me, but plugged the holes that we so needed. And then this draft, I was really anxious about us doing that again and not plugging the holes. And then as soon as we and then as soon as we traded up, I was like, no, we're going for Roger Jones. There is no doubt in my mind that we're not going for no live in here because too many corners were dropping. It would have been it would have been silly to have moved up for someone like like um, Joe Porter. The other corner of Oregon, Gonzalez, was there. And I thought maybe we could go Gonzalez. But we took Roger Jones. That was exactly what I wanted. And then the, the, the complete joke of it is that we were mocked to get Joe Porter at the, the 15th or 16th pick we were meant to. And then he falls to us with the first pick of the second day. Some people will say he was projected the first round. What's going on with him if he's if he's then project, if he then slipped into the second? But... That is exactly what we wanted to work out for the Steelers. And then we get someone like Keanu Benton, a great defensive lineman, under the radar as well. And then Darnell Washington in the third round, who I don't believe is going to be the tight end of the future. I think he's a very big body tight end, physical. 
Um, and it will be a bit of thunder and lightning with him and and um, and Pat Frymuth on that side. And whether we use Washington as a blocker in the Frymuth and more in the in the catching game, it can be that thunder and lightning dynamic. We, we see so many dual tight end threat offenses now, and it works so it works so positively. And I mean, if we have a dual tight end offense and also have the running back that we have, and also the two wide receivers we have in Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. I mean, I, I know you're probably going to go on to it. We just need Kenny Pickett then to then make, make the next step up. So I'm I'm really pleased with how this offseason's gone. Really pleased with the Steelers. The other thing, the other player we haven't mentioned is um, Alan Robinson as well, because I know he's mm. had bad news at the Rams, but there's, a play, there's still a player in there. And I mean, the Steelers know how to get the best out of their wide receivers. So he's another one that you can keep an eye on. Yeah, I mean, it's only a year ago where people were seemingly hailing him as some sort of fantasy must-have. And, you know, it, the consensus was for all of his career was that he was playing as a good player with bad quarterback. You can look all the way back with Blake Bortles back in the day, um, with Mitch Tabisky in Chicago. Um, and then, obviously, then he goes to the Rams and everyone thinks, you know, playing as Matt Stafford, Super Bowl champions, this is going to be, you know, he's going to absolutely take off. But really, he looked worse. So it, it's a tough one to know because... It's only one year where he's been that bad, but at the same time, he is at a certain age now where sometimes there is no comeback. So it's really interesting. But again, if you've got George, obviously he's not going to be your main guy. You've got George Pickens already there. Obviously, you have Pat Freemuth as well, if you're in your tight end. So I think having him as your third or fourth receiver, getting him, I can't think what you give up from. I don't think it was much. Um, mm. Was he released or did you trade him? I can't remember what happened with, with him now. Was it was it a trade or was it free agency? You've got Alan Robinson. I think, I think we traded a sixth rounder or something. It was low uh, level. Yeah, yeah, so, I, I agree. I think it was a fifth or sixth rounder that we traded him, which is which is cheap. You know, you know what you're getting when you when you're trading from players like that. You know what you get. You get an older wide receiver who's going to do, who is not going to be the be the be all or end all of your team. He's going to be good for three to five catches a game. And he's just going to move the chains, or we need to move the change. Uh, move the chains, sorry. He is just a, a change of pace and another dynamic. He's not going to be a world beater. That's fine. I think I like like Freddie. Uh, Freddie said he's got some game left in him. He clearly has. And for an organization like the Steelers, who always brings out the best in wide receivers, then the wide receivers may not bring out the best in themselves. Sometimes in cases like Antonio Brown, maybe. But we we always do good by them. So that that's all that matters to the Steelers organization. Um, it's it's a shrewd move. It might pull out to nothing, but six round that's fine, fine by me. Yeah, I'd say pretty risk free six round. I think that most. Was, I've I've just looked. It was a swap of seventh rounders, so it really was nothing. Oh, yeah, even better, even better. That's even more. That's even more of a risk free deal. I mean, not not many seven month players even make. Uh, the rosters, let alone. So I think to get him for that is pretty risk-free. So we mentioned Kenny Pickett, um, and that's really where we want to talk about first, is the fact that he is in his second year. Um, and his first year, I think he showed signs, but also there were definite teething problems. I don't think it was completely of a perfect rookie. I think there's definitely a lot of areas he could improve in. But second year, it's a question of whether he can make that a sophomore rise. I mean, we saw... At times, his connection with George Pickens was pretty good. And I think that that's a positive to look into going into the, the 2023 season. But Freddie Harper-David, how confident are you of um, Kenny Pickett making that jump to uh, becoming 
maybe a top 15, top 20 uh, quarterback come come this season? I'm I'm very confident in Kenny Pickett. Um, there's other factors I'm not so confident in, but I'm not going to mention those. Um, but... <laughs> Go on, you got to say it. I've got certain reasons that uh, I'm not <laughs> disclosing, but there might have been a message conversation between me and Andy as to why I'm not mentioning these. I'll let I'll let the other Freddie cover that. Um, but uh, no, we saw in we saw in Pitt in college that the first couple of years were a bit of a struggle and. He got more game time, put a lot of focus in, and he got better and better and better. And I'm seeing that in the Steelers. The, the, the second half of the season when he came in, the first few games, there was one against the Dolphins where he looked a bit out of his depth. Um, he was really, really struggling, making poor decisions. And as the season got on, um, Mike Tomlin made the, the game plan as simple as possible for a rookie. And we were winning games, and he was coming in with big, big drives to win us games at the at the end, a bit like Big Ben did two years ago. Um, the question is now, can he do it on a consistent basis? Can he develop that? I think he can. Um, and there's certainly the tools, as we've discussed, there's certainly the tools around him in now in able to actually deliver that. We've actually got an offensive line that can protect him. Um, I'm confident enough in that. So, yeah, this season really hinges on his development and I'm pretty confident that he's going to have a, a pretty solid season. I'm not going to say he's going to turn into the next Patrick Mahomes or next Jalen Hurts, but I, I'm I'm confident he can have a solid season. Yeah, looking at his stats, he's seven touchdowns, nine interceptions, 2,044 <clears throat> yards. It's all come from just seven games. So, yeah, obviously it's not not a full season, quite a small sample size, but, you know, it's, it's a team that, you know, we're really missing TJ Watt, and I think that, having someone like what on the defense can really help the offense, you know, excel sometimes by, you know, not having the offense needing to win the games all the time. So I think having um having him back will be great as well. But yeah, I think it's all about, you know, really when you think about it, not many callbacks. How many actually do well in their rookie year? I mean Peyton Manning famously had a difficult rookie year. You know, Mahomes didn't even play. Josh Allen was okay was okay. Lamar Jackson only came in midway through the season. You know, Joe Burrow got injured most of his first year. Herbert was great his first year. I'll give him that. Tom Brady never played. So it's also I'm not saying he's going to get on his levels, but he may never do. But at the same time, I think you can never really base a, a NFL quarterback's potential based on a rookie year because at the end of the day, there's so many things getting used to the playbook. Most of the time, again, used to a new city, but in this case, not not with Kenny Pickett. But I think you know, I think you really need these questions. I've seen. Loads on social media, on talk shows, whatever, people doubting Pickett. But at the same time, I think it's full. I think you got to do that really in three years or four years. I don't think, I don't think, particularly the first year and second as well, it's really hard to base a player. And I think that, especially with Mike Tomlin, I can't see him struggling for too long. And I think that whether it's this year or whether it's even the year after that, I, I can see at some point him becoming, for me, a top 15 quarterback, maybe even top 10 if it gets to that point. Um, but for you, Freddie Harper-Davis, going into the other parts of the offence, and the G. Harris, now, he's the guy that had a lot of hype going into the, into the draft. I mean, there was a lot of Dolphins fans in my sort of sphere were calling out to get him in that draft. We didn't get him in the end. But it's been a bit mixed. I mean, fancy-wise, he's done okay. But in terms of the real life, the real stuff, there are times where you're watching him run, and it's like almost like sometimes like he's, he's running on quicksand sometimes. It's always got some sort of like... You know, you see like weightlifters do these competitions where they've got this big thing on their back. Sometimes when you watch him run, it can be like that. So 
but the talent's clearly there, and there's been definitely signs of that. I mean, I, when I went to the game in Pittsburgh against Bengals, he scored a brilliant touchdown, one of the best I've ever seen in my life, in my time watching games live. So the potential's there. We've all seen um, in his first two years in the league his potential and what he can do, and he's shown these glimpses. But for you, Freddie, uh, Freddie Hall, sorry, what do you think he needs to do in this next year, or this year, I should say, to really get people really talking about him in, in a mostly good way? I think I think it's consistency. I think you're you're exactly right. I think he has uh, sparks of brilliance, and unfortunately in the NFL, sparks of brilliance doesn't cut it if you want to be leading the team and being one of the best out there in the NFL. And I think he has got the potential to do that. We've got to remember at, the Steelers' O line has been terrible for three years. It's been very very poor, maybe even longer, four years. It's not been a good time in our offensive line, and people behind it have not had a good time of it either. But when we've had a strong offensive unit, look at you know Le'Veon Bell's of the world who succeeded in that backfield. I mean, James Conner, I don't think he's anything to write home about, but he succeeded in that backfield when we had a strong O-line. And as soon as we didn't have a good O-line, he didn't look so good anymore. Okay, injuries hindered him as well. But Harris needs to have that strong O-line in front of him because he can't do it all on his own. But also, he needs to start developing his game to that next level. He wants to be considered to be at the upper echelon of that running back position. He has to have consistency, and that's what he lacks. And I, I can imagine Freddie, Freddie has this as well when he watches games. We, we, we know he's brilliant. He's got them flashes of brilliance. It just isn't consistent, and it's just incredibly frustrating. Now, is that the O-line, or is that him? I don't know. It, it maybe is a mixture of both. But he has to get more consistent with that. And <clears throat> there's so many factors that go into that. Is, is it, is it we, we used him way too much last year, for example, we use him less. Is it going to be more? His, his plays are going to be more impactful because we use him less. I think it's going to be a mixture. Um, and I think that relies on Kenny Pickett as well. We've just circling back to that in a way. If Pickett can develop um, and, and, and adapt more into the NFL um, with Najee, and again, his relationship with George Pickens was very clearly there last year, the more it's going to open up Harris's game for sure. I think he's got a lot to come. The problem is now college players who have a reputation for being great are expected to boom very instantaneously. And they don't. They don't always. You have to be a bit patient. Problem is, in the running back game, there isn't patience. You are very limited. As soon as you step foot on that first day of the NFL as a running back, you're on the clock. It is only so long until you're done with that because it's such a short lifespan for you to be great. Go ask Ezekiel Elliott if you need any advice on that sort of stuff because his time in the sun... It was just like that. It was an eclipse. And he he's going to have to find that consistency. I think he can get there. I think he, he can definitely get there. Do I think he can be a top five running back in this league? I, I don't think so. I think he just lacks maybe a little bit of the factors that them top five have um, for me. But to be to, to just be consistent for me is, is what I need to see next from him. And your thoughts, Freddie? Yeah, completely agree. I think this is a big season for Jalen Warren as well as our RB two. We've we the problem we've had is the first two years of Najee, we've completely overused him. Um and success in the NFL as we've seen with various teams. Um the Eagles Super Bowl champions had two or three running backs. The Chiefs have had various running backs. The Steelers have always seemed to go with the RB one and that's it. I mean, even when we had um Le'Veon Bell and James Connor for a season, it was one bell and Connor was sat on the bench. Um, th- they don't seem to get grasp of the fact that 
in the modern NFL, you need multiple running backs to keep them fresh, keep them he- healthy, keep them going, um, who offer different things. And um, yeah, I, 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 I like Najee. I, I, I think he's not, we've not seen the best of him. Um, I think that a lot of that is down to the Steelers not really addressing key things that can help him. Um, but injuries haven't helped. Um, oh, there was one in preseason last year, and he clearly wasn't himself for the first few weeks. Um, but then we weren't helping ourselves either. So I, I agree with everything that Freddie says. I think it's pretty much spot on, really. Um, I'm just waiting to see what if if we have got that star player that we all saw in Alabama. And the funny thing is, we've the whole dynamic's been about him not having and have having a mixed sort of first two years in the NFL. And we just talked about how, or you guys talked about how um, defensive line were helping more. He still had two thousand yard season, so if you give him that good a line, it can get even better. And looking at his stats from last year in particular, only one hundred yard game, but there was um, an eighty yard game, eighty six yard game, eighty six yard game, ninety yard game, ninety nine yard game, um, and he scored seven touchdowns. So I think the potential is there. But, as we then, talk about. But, but then, in comparison to other running backs, he's getting. 10, 15 touches more than anyone else. So there is there's a little bit of uh and what and what's and what's silly is this is against logic, but the less touches he gets, he he might get more yards. Mm. He pretty probably would maybe surpass it because he's just getting he's he's just getting overused. And but that'll take time. That that takes time. It all it all takes time. And like I sort of reiterated a moment ago about the need for boom straight away and the and the impatience that, that, that can be around NFL and NFL fans for that matter, including myself, including myself. I'm not sort of, you know, pushing everyone to the line with that. But, you know, the the the, the guy over at the Jags who um, got drafted just after Harris, who was the, who was the running back who got drafted after Etienne. him? Etienne. Travis Etienne. He's he's a good running back, but he didn't get used nowhere near as much last year. And he had a lot more boom moments than Najee did. But he was not relied upon and he was not on every damn back. And, okay, he has got a better quarterback, I admit, and a better, in my mind, a better offensive line anyway. But they're very similar style players. But the Jags have made a way to get the best out of Etienne. It's now time for Steers to do do that by Najee as well. And I think we're getting there. I think I think we're just about to get there this year. And then, of course, you're wearing his T-shirt, um, Freddie. <clears throat> I should say, TJ Watt. He his injury last year was was a big miss. And I think we saw when he did play the difference he makes. <clears throat> I think that I I'd love to know what the win record is that they had last season with TJ Watt and what they had without him because I bet it's it's a massive difference. <clears throat> so having him back healthy next year, just how crucial is that? I think I our defence is very, very centric around the idea that it is all TJ Watt. And in my brain, it is a little bit as well. I love the player. I think he's been phenomenal for the Steelers. He is, for me, the top edge rusher in the league. I know people argue about Miles Garrett. Obviously, I'm never going to say Miles Garrett in a million years. I could go, I could swing for Nick Bosa. I could swing for Nick Bosa. I can be on Team San Francisco for a moment. But I think it's a bit I think it's a bit blinded, really. I think Alex Highsmith in the first four weeks was one that was was leading the sack race. 
And that wasn't with TJ Watt on the other side of him. That was him doing on his own. We've got people like Cam Haywood, Larry Ogunjobi, Kiana Benton, who's who's just joined us. Um, we also have the ladder we drafted um, as well last year who got a, a, a few snaps. He didn't play enough for me, but I can't remember his name, that defensive tackle. Um, Nick Herbig, who's just come in as well. Uh, Miles Jack, who could play off the edge as well. We've got capable pieces all over this defence, especially now that we've sorted the cornerback situation this offseason, bringing in Patrick Peterson, Joey Porter. Um, I'd like to have kept a killer with a spoon just for depth, but, you know, these this is how these things go. Bringing in Keanu Neal is a pretty good replacement for Edmonds, Minka, obviously, of course. But TJ Watt is our brand. He is the Steelers' brand at the minute. He is the guy. And I do think we are an entirely different team with him on the field because of what he does bring. But I don't think he's essential for us to win games. I think we have a lot of pieces. I think we've got a lot of strong pieces. But I do think he gives us the extra gear. I do think he's he's the one where, he's the player when we know we're playing. We walk, you walk into the stadium, you're watching the TV going, we're in with a chance because we've got TJ Watt in the field. But I still think we do have a chance where he's not in the field, but it definitely certainly helps when you've got TJ Watt on the field. And I think I think a lot of teams can say that about their teams. You know, San Francisco 49ers, Fred Warner might not get applauded sometimes, but he's the best middle linebacker in the league. But when Nick Bosa's not playing, do they feel more comfortable when Nick Bosa's not playing? I think they probably still do because they know what their de- the defence can do. But it's still, it's still your biggest name on that side of the ball not being on the field. It, we've been starved a little bit of TJ Watt in the last few years because he has had a few a lot of injuries. And he hasn't been on the field as consistent as we would like him to be. But I do think we do have the belief that our defence is well-rounded enough to live without. However, after saying all that, having TJ Watt on the field for the Steelers gives us an opportunity in any single game, I think. Any single game. And Freddie Harper-Davis, can he win it for his second Defensive Player of the Year award this year? Do you think he can retain his uh, crown? No, um, to be honest. Um, but I, I agree with, again, agree with everything that Freddie says. We've got a really quite balanced defence now. Um, I think the key player on our defence is actually Minka Fitzpatrick rather than TJ Watt, um, mostly because we've changed so many pieces in our secondary this off-season that he's the one constant, he's the one guy who's now we're relying on to communicate with the other new players. I know Patrick Peterson's got a lot of experience, but still... Minka's the one who knows the Steelers system and um, he was such an important player for us down the stretch last year. His his impact on this team, in on this defence, we were not an elite defence before he was traded in. Um, so I, I think his impact sometimes goes un, unclaimed, really. Um, I also think I, I, that... I, I... I, I don't know if you agree, for, uh, sorry, Freddie, I don't know if you agree with, with me on this, but I always find Minka's slow starts... And it's like, oh, where's Minka? And he gets to week four and he makes that one big play. And then that's it. That's his, yeah. That's like, that kicks off his season and then it's a completely different defence. I, I always feel like that happens every year. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, the other thing I'll say is we've brought in a little bit of outside linebacker depth, which alongside um, Alex and TJ, we needed that because, again, same with the running back situation, we're leaving them on the field far too often and we're wearing them out. Um, the other issues we've had, of course, with our offense being so inefficient for so long that we were having the defense doing <clears throat> numbers of snaps every week. So they were getting exhausted by the time we got to the fourth quarter. 
Um, hopefully now we've actually addressed some of the issues on the offense. We're going to be a more balanced team and that's actually going to make our defense far more dangerous and actually could make the Steelers a really, a really decent team. I know I'm saying this with bias, but there is potential in this team to be a, a properly good side. So, now we will have to bleep out that name for Patrick because Mick, that name is banned from this podcast. So um, I have to have to get the bleeper out for his name. <laughs> and he's the greatest player the Dolphins uh, should have kept. <laughs> Don't give yourself that. I can't I couldn't believe he got rid of him. Was it after only one year he was with us as well? Got drafted, and then a year later he was off. Um, and ever since then he's just continued to just excel. So yeah, I, I hate seeing him do well. What <laughs> 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 if? Um, right. Now for the final segment of the podcast, which is going to be our win-loss-tie segment. Now, a bit different this time because there's two in the same episodes. What we're going to do, we're going to rotate and have a combined um, total record. So we'll go from one Freddy to the other Freddy and have a combined record between them come, in, come the end of week 18. And before we do carry on, of course, your record last year was 9-8. and eight. Freddy Harper-Davis, your record prediction was 10-7. and seven. So it wasn't far off. It was pretty close. Yeah, I'll take that. What was, um, what was mine? Got, I don't think you came on. I don't think you. I think you were busy when I. I got fit. There's a reason why you couldn't make it. I'm pretty sure. I. I. I think. Well, I definitely did other podcasts from Steeler orientated prior to the season. I think I went for like eight and nine every time. So Freddie went. Freddie, Freddie went one more than me, and I went one less than I. One more than we actually had, and I went one less than we actually had. So we're both in the ballpark. We know our team too well. That's why. Yeah, um, but we're gonna go. I'm going to let you guys choose who wants to go first, but we're going to let who wants to go first out of you two for the week one clash. I'll go first if you like. All right. So first up, week one, Freddie Harper-Davis is a home game against the San Francisco 49ers win-loss or tie. I find this one really difficult because usually, I'd normally say I think the 49ers are one of the best teams in football and will whip us. But last two years, we've played the Bengals and the Bills, two of the best teams in football in week one, and we've beaten them both. Mm. So there's a part of me that thinks the Steelers might pull out something ridiculous and win this game, but I'm going to rule head over heart here and say the 49ers because that defence is just ridiculous. And they've added Jake, they've added Hargrave to that defensive line. I mean, geez, that's a that's a great team. Yeah, I mean, add to that, the fact you beat the Bengals and the Bills, the fact that the 49ers did lose on week one to the team who ended up with the worst record in the Bears, albeit... It was in yeah. That weather was appalling. The worst we've ever seen. That was shocking. But um, but yeah, I I think they'll be one of the teams fighting for that NFC title come come the playoffs. Um, but week two, Freddie Hall is a home game again. Uh, this time against the Cleveland Browns. So every year when I do my predictions, I I have us losing one to Cleveland, beating and beating Cleveland. I because we always. Yo-yo, I always feel like between two. So I'm sort of saying, if if I say we win and it swings back round, I've got to say they beat us at some given point. Now, Freddie Hal Davis doesn't have to go along with this theory at all. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go for a win. I think I think we I think early beating them out the door. I like to play division games early, and I like to play the big teams early. So I, I agree with uh, Freddie's point about if you're ever going to play the San Francisco 49ers, week one's the best time because it's anyone's game. You know, you don't want to win week, week ten when they've had a great run of form and they're feeling themselves. That's when you want to beat them. So I'm going to go for a win. We're beating the Browns. We're beating the Browns. We'll beat the Browns in our place. Funny you mention that because we've had a few podcasts already where teams, you know, 
teams have played uh, the Steelers and so fans have gone through their predictions. And we've always said the same thing that for you guys, the last thing teams want to do is play you guys down the stretch. You guys in the final mm-hmm. three or four weeks is a different animal to the first few weeks. And I think that it's part of the reason why Tomlin, you know, has that record of never losing a season. Because I remember last year, especially, uh, there was uh, there was a time where everyone thought it was set in stone that they were going to lose. It was finally the year where Tomlin had a losing record. Then you guys just got the results and, and got that winning record. So, yeah, I think you guys are definitely one of the hardest teams to play down the stretch. And, um, yeah, I think any team, I mean, the, the last few games, the likes of the Colts, the Bengals, the Seven, Seahawks, Ooh. the Ravens, should all be very fearful of those last few games because you guys are going to be, provided you've won at least five by that point, I think you guys are going to be on it and you guys are going to be eager to get the win. So, yeah, I think you guys are a scary team. So then week three, back to you, Freddie Harper-Davis. It's a road game in Vegas against the Raiders. Oh, this is easy. We'll lose. We never, ever, ever beat the Raiders away. <laughs> so that, that's a Raiders win. Even with their current situation, it, it, it doesn't matter. They could be the worst team on earth. They always, whenever we go away to to play the Raiders, we lose for some reason. So uh, yeah, fair enough. Uh, and a week four is a road game again, but this time against the Houston Texans. Oh, we'll bounce back. We'll bounce back. We're beating Houston Texans. Uh, it's, uh, they could they could be surprising and like come out the gates with CJ Stroud or whatever. But nah. I'd, I'd, the the two Will Anderson and Yeshua ain't going to change it all overnight. Not in week four. They've, they've still got a lot of holes on that team. So two and two right now. I mean, with the losses against the Forty Nine ers and the Raiders, and then the wins against the Browns and the Texans, fairly okay start. I mean, you can't really argue it's two two. Um, but then going into week five, back to you, Freddie Harper Davis, is a home game against the Baltimore Ravens. Interestingly, we've got a really good record against Lamar Jackson. He never seems to perform well against us, and he's often injured by the time he ends up playing against the Steelers. And we end up playing against um, Huntley, who's basically Lamar Jackson, but even worse. So, um, yeah, I, I, I fancy our chances against the Ravens at home, to be honest. I, I, I think we played Jackson pretty well. We know what he's about. Um, so, yeah, I've got us winning that game. Probably spends more time in the toilet than he does on the field against you guys. Was that, the Browns? <laughs> that was the Browns, yeah. Oh, right, yeah, when he went to the, that bathroom break and then turned to Superman afterwards. <laughs> um, And then week six is a bye week, which is very early on. Um, Then week seven, you're off to LA, Freddie Paul, to play the Rams. Uh, it's things we'd say, but I think we'll lose. I think we'll lose against the Rams in LA. I think um, they're not going to be the same team as last year. They, they just cannot be. They cannot be the same team as last year. If they keep everyone fit and healthy, I think everyone forgets how good Cooper Cup is. The NFL is such a... Well, again, digging at fans, but also digging at teams and digging at... This is me as well. Recency bias is such a big, big, big thing in NFL. And we forget that Cooper Cup is is phenomenal. And if they've got if they've got everyone fit and going on, LA is a hard place to go, I think. They it may it's not like the Coliseum where it was like, oh, this is a small stadium. Like this is a big stadium now, but they've really made their own, especially, you know, since winning a Super Bowl. Um so uh, yeah, I think I think they're, 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 that's gonna be a tough game. Really, really tough game. Interesting because we've had since the I believe the seventh or eighth season previous so far, and I'm pretty sure most Season previews, if not all of them, have featured the Rams. We've had three lots of the, um, sorry, yeah, three lots of the uh, NFC West teams. We had the 49ers, Cardinals, and Seahawks. And of course, Rams feature heavily. And there's been a big feeling amongst NFL fans, both 
I went to the event this weekend in London with NFL fans, plus obviously these podcasts I'm doing, and everyone seems to be really down on the Rams, but actually everyone forgets how bad they were last year was because of injury, really. Like Stafford, mm. Donald, Cup, particularly Stafford and, and uh, Cup were injured for a lot last season, and I think that provided, you know, provided they do get those three back healthy and performing to the way they were before the injuries, I think their ceiling isn't a Super Bowl, but I think you could at least see them making the wild card round as a wild card team. And then, you know, if they get drawn against NFC South teams in the first round of the playoffs, they could beat them as well. So I think that they could at least make as far as a divisional round. It's, but I, it's yeah. such a it's such a lottery. We can you can you could say that you're gonna win 14 games. You know, the Eagles the Eagles and Eagles contingency may say that they're gonna to go to the Super Bowl game next year. You week three, if Jaden Hurts hurts himself, mm. like that's it. Like, I'm sorry, their, their team is a very, very good team and they'll be competitive the whole way through. But that is it. Like, it, things will change so quickly on a diamond in the NFL because of a, an injury. And that's why the quarterback position is such a big position. It takes a very special team with a very special quarterback. I know they would argue, you know, we got to the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Well, Carson Wentz took you all the way there. Nick Foles just put you over the finish line. That's a, that was a little different, you know. It, it it can all depend on on such many variables, so many variables, and I think the Rams are a very strong case for that of of variables. You know, they, they had three very very key players injured last year: Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald for a lot of that year, and they've retained a lot of their squad. Yes, they've lost a few players, admittedly, but they're still a very well coached team and they're still well drilled team. So it, it, I don't think you can count them out. I don't. I, I really don't think you can count the, the Rams out. I think you're right. I think there's really no team I can think of in the entire league where they could lose their starter and be as good. I mean, Mike White's exception for obvious reasons, but um, most most every team in the league, if you, if you lose Josh Allen, you lose Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Jaden Hurts, as you say, anyone in the league, even Dak, these teams are going to be the same. We even saw it with Dak two or three years ago, whenever it was, when he went down for the whole year. And I think that, as you're, as you're saying, there's injuries are so keen, so so common in the NFL. It just takes one big hit from a defensive tackle, defensive end on the quarterback, and it's curtains. Actually, as we say that, whilst we were in between podcast recordings, I saw the trade of four minutes has been released of the quarterback documentary on Netflix is out on the on the twelfth of July. So that's in two days from now. Um, have you boys seen the trailer? If not, if you have, if you have, are you excited about that that series coming out on Netflix? Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um I'll, it, I'll watch that, it. Yeah. That, that's the one with Mariota Cousins and Mahomes. Mahomes, yeah. Well I'm interested I'm interested in Mahomes no Mariota and Cousins. I'm not that bothered about Mahomes because Really? But the comparison between the three is I, I always like a bit more of a a mixed story rather than all the success and wonder. I I'm I'm more interested in the the ones that have a lot of adversity and how they how they deal with that, and I've always liked Mariota. To be honest, he's he's a bit of a soft spot of mine. So yeah, <laughs> it'd be interesting to see how they because you've got three different ends of spectrum. You've got one who lost his job in the season, one guy who is a constant figure of media sort of backlash and fan backlash, and then one guy who made it all the way in one. Also, I'm intrigued to see how he, how Mahomes prepares for these big games like the AFC Championship game, and you know, when he when he when he's paying the referees in that game, and then and then the Super Bowl <laughs> itself, and then. Yeah, I'm sure how he goes about it. So yeah, that's going to be very interesting. Um, week um, eight, we are now. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars at home. Freddie Harper-Davis, win, loss or tie? 
Well, firstly, I'll see you for one Jags game this year as we're both going to the Jags Falcons game. Falcons, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm also going to the Jags Bills game, so I'll see the Jags in person twice this year. And um, mm-hmm. I've, I've seen a lot of NFL fans in this country saying, "Oh, why have we got this team over?" Do people know how good the Jags are? I mean, we've got the Jags over here twice. I, I've, I've happily have them over seventeen times. They're they, they are fantastic. I'm I'm very excited to watch Calvin Ridley in that offense, Trevor Lawrence. Travis Etienne, as we mentioned earlier, some very good players on that defense. You've met, you obviously mentioned Josh Allen. He's the better of the two Josh Allens, um, as we discovered a couple of years ago. Um, so that team is just loaded of talent. Um, I've got the Steelers winning this, but this is the first. So the first six games, I had a three and three with the exact games. I've I've written down the ones I've got here. This is the first one I think I'm really 50-50 about and could swing either way. But the Steelers do... I haven't got them down to win too many of the games against the top teams, but the Steelers do win a couple of games against the top teams every season, just like we lose to the Raiders and some other absolute rubbish every season. So, yeah, I've got the Steelers winning this, but I think this is going to be a really, really exciting game. I'm surprised it's not prime time, but the Jags have a lot of prime time games this year, but Steelers just. Hey, you know, in week nine... Freddie Hall, uh, Tennessee Titans at home. We beat the Tennessee Titans at home. I think even even if even with Derrick Henry, I think we can do it. I, I don't I don't rate this defense that much for Tennessee, and I think Tennessee. Um, it's a poor choice of words. I think it lacks identity, and everyone's going to go, "Well, their identity is Derrick Henry." Yeah, that's the problem. The identity is Derrick Henry. That's that that me. That's that's the, the entire identity is Derrick Henry centric, and there is no identity on that defense. Um, I think if a team was to grit out against us, it, it probably is the Titans. Um, I, I mean, so, but I, for me, yeah, I think we win that. I think I think we've got we've got the better team there. And of course, that's if Henry's even there by week nine. I'm convinced that when we play him, I think it's week 15 or 14. I don't think it'll be a Titan come week 18. I think at some point he's getting traded to whichever team um, is one of the front runners will go and I think they'll trade for him and I think he'll go. Um, week 10, back to you, Freddie Harper Davis, for a home game against the Packers and uh, without Aaron Rodgers. Um, well, again, this is another one I'm not too short i'm not that convinced by the packers but i know the next game's browns away and i know which way freddie's gonna go <laughs> so i'm gonna go with steelers win here um because I, I think the steelers are just a better team than the packers at the moment i like jordan love um and i think he's gonna have a solid season there but i think if we're looking at overall talent i think jordan loves in a similar position to kenny pickett really is that mm. he's going to be the key as to how successful the packers are this season mm. much like kenny pickett is too um, but for some reason, I have more confidence in Pickett than I do Jordan Love. So, and the Steelers are at home, so I'm going to go with the Steelers. But okay, then week eleven. I, again, think, I think I think I think that might be it. Sorry, I think that might be a really boring game. Mm. I think that'll be a pure defense game. That will not okay. be a high scoring game because. But Green Bay got a good defense. To be fair. Yeah, I quite like Christian Watson as well. Um, it's interesting how he connects with Jordan Love, which is if it works out, the future duo. For the pack for the Packers, gone from Jordy Nelson and Rogers to um Love and um Watson. So yeah, that should be should be mm-hmm. interesting what happens there. Um week eleven, a game I'm gonna be going to, uh, in Cleveland against the Browns. Now, Freddie, you've talked about it before. Win loss or tie. <laughs> We've got to lose this one. We've got to lose this one. 
it always sweet it always feels like it swings that way it just does and it's i always i when i do my predictions usually i always like the idea but we beat them at their place and the vice versa they'll beat us at our place and beat them just because then there's a bit of a an added zest to the game i suppose because you beat them in their place um i think it, this Cleveland team could have found its groove by this point to be fair they could have really found their groove i don't think Cleveland are that bad a team um, uh, and they really could have their groove on by this point. If they're rocking, if Deshaun Watson's rocking, Amari Cooper's got it going on, Nick Chubb's been having some good games and this defence is holding teams, this could, be a re- this could be a real struggle for us in this game, I think. I'm really glad that we've got them only week two when they haven't got their groove on yet. Neither have we, but it does mean that anyone can win. Um, they could have a group on this point. I'm going. I'm, I'm going to say a loss there, just because I always do that. I'm sorry to upset you, uh, Freddie, but that's just. I always think it goes that way. Okay, and then week twelve um, is against arguably the. Um, the Jesus, talk about a team you don't want to play in week 12, <laughs> twelve. Who will definitely have their group. Oh yeah, <laughs> Cincinnati Bengals away from home as well in Ohio. Um, what are you saying with that one, Freddie? I think we might split the Bengals um, because I think, again, it's a divisional rival. The Steelers tend to play divisional rivals very well. I We also have a couple of blowout losses this season. I think this could be one where we just get ripped to shreds. And it's not it's nothing against the Steelers. The Bengals are just a fantastic team and it just, it just happens occasionally. I think that could be a bit of a, a numb one. So I have got the Bengals winning that quite comfortably. Hey, and in week 13... It's a home game against the Arizona Cardinals. Perfect bounce back game, are they? <laughs> are they ready to have on? But <laughs> Arizona, Arizona coming to Pittsburgh in December. That's got a win written all over it, all over it. Get them in the snow, get them cold, get them uncomfortable, because that's what they're going to be. Um, yeah, I, I think we'll beat Arizona. I, I, I don't. I, again, talk about team struggling with identity. That's the team struggling with identity. Okay, so then week fourteen. Is against the Patriots at home. Um, how are you seeing that one, Freddie? I think similar to what Freddie said about the Packers. I think this is going to be a really boring game. Um, <laughs> the, the Patriots are exactly the same as some of the others we've, we're playing. Very good defense. Not a lot of identity on offense. I think they'll be a lot better with Bill O'Brien as offensive coordinator than they were in the mess of Matt Patricia. But there's not a lot of talent on that offense, and I, I'm really the jury's out on Matt Jones. Um, I we lost to the Patriots last year, and to be honest, I think that was the worst loss of the Steelers' season last year. Um, it was a shame we played them so early because we should not have lost at home to the Patriots. We got our chance for revenge, and I got to be honest, I think the Steelers win that game. Hey, and then week fifteen, going towards the crunch time now, on the road to the Indianapolis Colts. Oh. <sighs> I'm someone who's not that bought into what the Colts are doing. I, I, I really like the Anthony Richardson move. I do really like that one, but I don't believe I don't rate Pittman that highly. I don't rate the rate the offense that highly. Jonathan Taylor's phenomenal. Don't get me wrong as an individual, but uh, hmm, I don't know because then if we win that. We then go back to Freddie, and then we're at Cincinnati. We beat Cincinnati there, is what Freddie will think. It's at the back end of the seat. I'm, I'm going to go for a win, just because. But I don't, I don't know if four games on the bounce for a win, winning would be right for us. I'm not sure. But again, then we got Seattle, which is a tough place to go. So I'm, I'm going to go for a winner. We beat the Colts. 
Okay. And then finally, Freddie, you've given yours away for week 16. So then week 17 is a road game against the Seattle Seahawks. So I get the Seahawks back. Okay. So I, I think we lose to Seattle in Seattle. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay. So that means the final week of the season is in the hands of Freddie. Now, as things stand in this in this prediction, um, if I'm right in saying this, unless I've got my maths wrong, it should be. No, I think I've got this maths wrong. Oh, um, I think we're 10 and 6. That's yeah, I think I've got one lost too many. One, two, three. I've been keeping count because I've after my prediction. We've only okay. done one different to what I've got. <laughs> <laughs> so you are now ten and six, which means come week eighteen, Freddie, punch time, ten and six. In the AFC, that probably isn't enough to guarantee you a spot in the playoffs. So this could be a game which decides it was with the Ravens playing week eighteen in Baltimore, this could be a game which basically means whoever wins goes in. It could be as, as good as I, I think the Ravens might be not as good as people think this year, but it could be a game where you're fight, fighting with the Ravens or someone else for that final spot. So, crucial game. Who's going to win that game? Well, I had us at 10 and 7 last year. I think we're a better team than last year. I also think by week 18, Lamar Jackson will be on IR, so we'll have Tyler Huntley. <laughs> I also think Odell Beckham Jr. will be on a beach in Florida somewhere. Um, and they won't have any running backs because they always get injured by about week six as well. So we'll have some random bloke we've never heard of off the street playing. Um, so we'll go into Baltimore, laugh our asses off, grind a 10-6 win or something and sneak into the into the playoffs as a, a fairly solid wild card because I, th- I think the Bengals will probably win the division, but I- I'm pretty confident the Steelers are a playoff team. But this division is rough. So, yeah, I've got the Steelers winning and I actually do have an 11-6 and six record. So that's worked out pretty well. Hey, so that means you are on an 11-6 record, which means that, according to comparing you to other um, fans so far, you are the joint fourth most optimistic fan base. Uh, so the 49ers still lead the way with a 14-3 and three record from Paul Hope. And <laughs> four, uh, Charlie Nelson of the Bills, 13-4. and four. Shane Harris of the Ravens, 11-5-1. and one. And then yourselves and our Seahawks fan, Javan, 11-6. So, yeah, and I think you got uh, a Panthers fan, Keg, and two depressed Cardinals fan in Ollie and Sam right at the bottom. So, yeah, you were... Um... What did the Cardinals record say? I'm interested. So, I'll let you know. So, Ollie Kent uh, had 5-12, and 12, and Sam Morgan of 8-8 Sports had 6-11. and 11. So, yeah, mm. not really the most optimistic fan base, but... It's funny because last year we had Ollie on for the Cardinals and he had him finishing 11 and 6. And on the flip side, Javan had the Seahawks finishing with five wins. So it's just funny how the league turns out that, you mm. know, a lot of teams we think this year will do well might not be so so good, no, and vice versa the other way around. Mm. So yeah, that's why that's why we love the sport so much. I um, won't lie though, the Steelers are one of the more predictable teams because we tend to win at least we tend to have a five hundred record and we don't tend to be mm. 14, 15 wins. So we're usually in that sort of nine to eleven win bracket, really. So I, I have to I have to admit, though I have been incredibly satisfied with us getting to the playoffs quite consistently, quite quite consistently in the tenure that I've watched American football. I don't think I was I don't think I've been ever so more satisfied with us going five hundred last year than I was. Like I can't I was so I was so happy that we we went nine and eight, and that sounds really ridiculous. It's like, oh, that's such a low threshold. But it was the fact that all year everyone was going like, you're never going to go. You, ne- nah, it's ne- you're never going to be. You're never going to be. And then we do it, and we and we looked pretty good throughout the year. And I was like, it was just, 
it almost meant more because we've never, I think last year we was actually severely doubted. And I don't think the Steelers have been severely doubted in like a while. And then it was like, well, you are now severely doubted. You've got Mitch Trubisky just starting quarterback. And what if you don't have Mitch Trubisky, you're going to have Kenny Pickett, who was a, a pick you should never have picked in the first round. He was the first round, first quarterback to go in that draft. You know, and you've lost this player and this player gets injured. And it was like, well, well, yeah, but this player does get injured. We didn't really have stability at the quarterback position in large portions of the year. And yet we still went nine and eight. Like we still, I know we didn't get to the playoffs, but we still did a lot better than a lot of these teams who I think people thought would do very, very well. And I, I, that made me almost more satisfied. And that sounds really silly because the, the game, you know, the name of the game is to go and win the Super Bowl to get to the playoffs. But, you know, we all, as a Steelers fan, we, we always expect to get to the playoffs. That's our, that's our, that's our history. That's the Pittsburgh history. That's the Steeler way is that you get to the playoffs and you make a run, you know, you make the best of run you can. And we've done that very consistently. But to really rub it in people's faces last year, but we, but we did actually do way better than anyone ever expected was, was really quite nice, actually. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And then finally, um, making the playoffs, you'd think with 11 and 6, it'll take a miracle for you not to be in the playoffs with that record. Quick prediction to make the playoffs. How far are you going? I'll I don't, go first on I, I don't think we'll win the division, so it'll probably be a road game. Um, and I... <laughs> It's really hard to tell because we just don't know what we're going to see from Kenny Pickett. If he comes out with four shots firing, the Steelers could be a Super Bowl team. If he fails, it, we win eight, nine games. So it's 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 really tough. I'm I'm actually going to be an optimist here because normally I say, well, Steelers, we haven't won a playoff game for so long. Now it's it was the Chiefs away, I think, the one where we didn't score a touchdown was our last win. Um we've just had all these agonising playoff defeats. We lost to Blake Bortles, we lost to Baker Mayfield. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it'd be nice to actually win a playoff game. I think we'll win one and then lose in the divisional round to probably Kansas City when they'll kick us down the road at Arrowhead. But yeah, I'll say we'll win a game. And then you, Freddie Hall, your prediction for the playoff run, how far you'll go? Well, I'd, I'd love to be as optimistic as Freddie, but I, I think we probably won and done. I think we won and done. I think I think the AFC is like so strong now, yeah. so so strong. When you look around, you know, if we looked out and got someone like I don't know, Jets maybe or something like that, like that could be certainly like an interesting one because I just think yeah, this this divisions could just swing so crazily. Like you know, the only thing the only thing everyone ever everyone everywhere will say is the Chiefs and the Bills go to the playoffs in the AFC. I think then it becomes quite... Oh, and the Bengals, sorry. And then I think it becomes quite an open book. Yeah, I agree. I think the, the Bills could be a fixed of their division, but I think certainly the Chiefs and the Bengals... Don't mention it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and that's something that's horribly wrong. I can't see either of them not making it, but no, <laughs> the Bills could decline. I, I do think that, but um, yeah, we'll, we will see. But in the meantime, this has been the Across the Pod podcast with our two Steelers fans, Freddie Harper-Davis and Freddie Hall. Don't forget to follow Freddie, both Freddies, I should say, on Twitter if you haven't already. And of course, don't forget to check out Freddie's work on the Franchise Tag podcast. In the meantime, I've been Andy, and we will see you guys for our next season preview, which is going to be Season Brands. See you guys soon.